today we're going to talk about Jesus saying, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Um, Let's get a couple things off the table. First of all, um, this is not conventional type of teaching. And not only is it not conventional today, um, you, the no coaches in the locker room before the Super Bowl going, guys, I just need meekness out there. What I need is meekness. It's not conventional today, and it wasn't conventional back then um, when Jesus taught it. It was unconventional. It was what you would call alternative wisdom. There is conventional wisdom. Conventional wisdom is stuff like this. Conventional wisdom is like the Ten Commandments. Don't kill each other, right? Don't steal things. How many got that? These, how many think these are good ideas, right? Um, but then Jesus goes, and the, and the Sermon on the Mount, as we call it, has gone on to paint Jesus as sort of the new Moses. Jesus is giving his take on the law, and I dare say his spin. And if I could go further to say his complete and radical update. Are you with me? Complete and radical update of the law. Um, the law will get you so far. Um, it'll get you to a certain point in life. And then you need something else. You need what you'd call alternative wisdom. Things like this. Um, you know, if you, if you work hard, you're going to get a good job. That's conventional wisdom. And that will get you so far. Until what? It doesn't get you a good job. Is it true? Until you get to a certain age in life and you realize, you know, I worked really hard and I did all the things they told me to do and I have a terrible job. And now what am I going to do with this? And I could use example after example where there are general truths that get you to a certain spot in life. And then you get to this certain spot in life and you need to move to another part of life where you can handle nuance. It's called wisdom. And people that know wisdom can handle the nuance of life. The other thing that is true is this. They don't look at learning as being able to recite and answer the question. Stay with me. Much of our teaching and educating in today's society is about, I'm going to explain these things to you, and if you can answer me correctly, memorize what I've told you, you get an A. Nothing to do with how you use that information, what you do with that information to benefit yourself or to benefit society. That's irrelevant. I just need to know, did you get the information? A lot of, unfortunately, a lot of that educational thinking has corrupt its way into many churches and Christianity today so that people think it's just about getting the right answer. And if I can give the right answer, God's happy with me. That's not true at all. Really what what this is about is transforming your life, becoming a different kind of person. Jesus and these wisdom teachings, as I said last week, they were always teachings that caught you off guard. So the last shall be what? First. In other words, when you're hearing these, if you hear them and you go, oh yeah, that's warm and fuzzy, you didn't hear it correctly. They always make you go, wait a minute, that's not right. When you hear Jesus, if you hear him correctly, you're always going to go, that doesn't sound right. Because he meant it that way, because he was a wisdom teacher. He said, let the dead bury their dead. How is that going to work? 
He always had these little pithy sayings, these, these great one-liners that got people scratching their heads, walking away. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. And these sayings are in the line of an alternative wisdom. There is wisdom that gets you so far in life, and then you need another level. Can I say this? I don't know what age you are, but I do believe many of you are right at the spot in life where you need this. Say, you know what? The Ten Commandments got me here. The Ten Commandments got me to first base. But you know what? I'm rounding third, trying to make a, make a, uh, uh, make a run for my team, and I need some more wisdom added to my life. And along comes Jesus says, Blessed are the meek. Now, the first thing that comes to your mind, probably, as would most people, in the English, is that means weak. Jesus wants us to be weak. And I want to give you some alternative words that might get you thinking about what was he actually saying. He didn't say it in English. Um, So all we can do is translate the best that we can. But let me give you several other words. Blessed are those who are humble. New Living Translation. Blessed are the gentle. Blessed are those who claim nothing. Blessed are the undemanding. Hmm. How's that going to help you in life? This is clearly not good American teaching. First thing that we know is we need to demand, demand, demand. Blessed are you when you're content with who you are. Blessed are the nonviolent. One version says the simple. And I will give you mine. The Chris Kramer translation. Blessed are the patient and self-controlled. Ready? One, two, three. The patient and self-controlled. Patient and self-controlled. They, he says, will inherit the earth. Part of it is a giveaway. And of course, what everyone knew then was he was quoting. What was he quoting? Psalm 34 or 37 verse 11. Of course, you knew that. He was quoting, and everybody then knew it, which is partly why you need to take a couple of the Bible classes so you realize how ignorant we are. True? True. He was quoting Psalm, oh, this is Psalm, everybody knew, this is Psalm 37. Now, here's the problem. Ready? Oh, it's right there. Blessed are the meek, they will inherit the land. Everybody ready? Why didn't I know that? And oftentimes, he's referring not just to the verse, but to the whole song, right? Who's got a playlist? Who's awake? Let's just start there. A couple of you just, dear, dear Lord, who's awake? Who has a playlist? A playlist. All right. If you were Jewish back then, everyone had a playlist. They all had the same playlist. It was the book of Psalms. I'm going to do a series right? Called the original playlist. It was their song list. And so the thing is, while you're scratching your head, go, how did you know that? How would Jesus, how would anyone know that? Because they had a playlist and you know what's on your, don't you? Here it comes. My favorite. Boo, rewind it. There's your favorites that you did them over and over and over again. So don't think it's a wild, random thing that he's quoting Psalm 37. They had certain days that they sang certain songs on. 
I'm going to do my next 2.0 class, and we explain some of this as well. But there were certain days, you're like, oh, that's when we did every Saturday or every Thursday or every uh, Hanukkah, we play this song. Was it, does anybody have like a, a, you go to a wedding, and I, I do a lot of weddings, and trust me, I, I, I know it, the, it's called DJ manipulation. They, they go to school, and they learn how to manipulate you, and they know right when to put that song on, right? And everybody's there. They know. They got you. They just reel you in, Right? And this is exactly what was going on. They, they knew exactly. Okay, this is Psalm 37. The meek will inherit the land. A couple of things we need to say about this. Was the land an important part of their understanding? Yes, yes, yes. If you were here for the Genesis series, we learned that the land was their story. That was their story. They believed that their whole story was about the land and getting the land. But they knew they had a lot of trouble getting the land, and they knew they had a lot of trouble keeping the land. This was a different take on how you get the land. Now, if you're good and you say, hey, I got a house, I'm okay, I got a piece of land, that's not what I'm going for, but then put something else in there that you are going for. Replace land for a new job, a better this. An upgrade on my husband, whatever, whatever you think, whatever you think. No, don't think. All right. Uh, the thing that you're, that you're asking for, you're thinking about, that you, this is what I want in life. This is what I'm struggling to get. Inherit this. And then notice the word inherit. How do you inherit something? What is the one thing that is implied with inheriting? Ready? Waiting. I just got to wait. Huh? By the way, don't stare at them like, just waiting, Dad, just waiting. Uh. But you inherit it doesn't mean you take it. It just means at some point in time, it becomes yours. It implies patience. That's why patient people inherit things. You say, yeah, but Chris, isn't it good if you just get really aggressive and even sometimes angry? I won't look. Sometimes aggressive and angry works. What is our society built on? Right? Pretty much aggression and anger. Who's ever participated? And, and, and by the way, you could sometimes get some short-term results there, can't you? Who's, who's ever gotten short-term results? Admit it. I got my hand up too. All right. Some of you are just so lying in church. You're lying by not participating. Short-term results. Don't, don't say anything about what it did to your blood pressure or your organs or anything else or the, or the ethos around you, your family and everyone else. But you got the short-term win. Jesus is offering something different. Aggression and anger worked in his day. They don't call him Alexander the Great for nothing. That was greatness. And he got all the land. These were the heroes. These were the people that were prized. These were the ones that you, you emulated. The Romans followed in his footsteps. And the idea was, just get angry. If I can, I want to 
I want to throw another little wisdom nugget at you. It's from Proverbs. And just, if you can, just let this one marinate for a minute. Proverbs 16, 32 says this. Better a patient person than a warrior. Now, this is, this is, this is second half of life stuff. This is alternative wisdom. Uh, better to be a patient person than a warrior. You teach your young kids, right? And they, they be strong and this. And then they have to learn to be also, what? Patient. And it says this. One who has self-control more than one who can take a whole city. So look, many of you, you've taught your kids to take a city or to get an A or to get the job or to do the thing. This is what we teach them, right? Conquer, climb the ladder, do the thing, win the contest, get into that college. We teach them, take a city, be aggressive. And then we don't teach them self-control. I love the way the message paraphrase put the same little nugget from Proverbs. It says, ready? Moderation is better than muscle. That's memorable, right? Let's say it together. Ready? Moderation is better than muscle. Huh? Now, I grew up in Flint. Nothing's better than muscle, baby. Nothing. How many of you grew up in Detroit? It's the city of the muscle car, right? This is about muscle. And we, we kind of prize muscle overall. And he's saying moderation is better than muscle. Let me paint it this way. Over here, this is apathy, all right? This is Napville. I don't care. I'm not worried. I don't, know. I don't care what's going on in life. I don't care what problems are in the world. And I'm just, I'm apath- I'm asleep. Apathy. Get it? Over here, all right, this is the emoji with the guy's head exploding, and vomit coming, curse words out of his mouth, right? This is absolute aggression and anger. Angry all the time, right? I mean, you you see them, right? They're on 275, right? And you just thought about getting in their lane, right? Boom, boom, boom. Everything explodes, right? So, I take, I use aggression, I use anger to get what I want. What, what the English word meekness is more this. It's controlled, patient response. Let's say it together. Ready? Controlled, patient response. Oh, this is tough. This is brutal. Huh? How many hockey players do we have out there? Huh? You get whacked in the, with a stick? What does your coach tell you? Don't retaliate or who's going to the box? You're going to the box. They're going to the, get the guy that retaliated, right? So, uh, you know, Vicky played a lot of hockey. She said, my uncle told me just get his number, all right? But whatever, all right? <laughs> um, here's the thing. You get into trouble. Now, since it's Super Bowl Sunday, let's talk about professional athletes, you got a stud athlete. You got a guy. You got a, a raging machine. You got a bulldozer. You have a bulldog. You have a guy that will smash anybody and anything. However, he's not afraid. He's an intimidated. That's the guy you want on your time. That's your middle linebacker. That's your fullback. Right? However, he's the same way in the locker room. And he's the same way with the coach. 
he's got the aggression, but he can't what? Control it. He can't control it. You want him on your team? No. You got to control that. It's like a fire, a burning thing. Think of all the things that you can do with fire. Because of our modern society, we can just turn fire on on our stove and we don't even think of it as fire, but fire is essential to life. We cook things with it. We heat our homes. But fire out of control will destroy and devastate. So it's this thing, it's this aggression on the inside of you. We don't need apathy, but we can't have out of control. Jesus was saying something. Just hang in there. Be patient and stay in control of yourself. It's like the same word they used for domesticating an animal. You have a wild animal, it's out of control, and you have to domesticate it. You have to bring it into control, into submission, so you can use all that energy of a horse who's just kicking and running and and throwing all this energy around. But if you can harness, if you can bring, if you can domesticate. I have two horse stories. I have an apathy story. Ready? I've told this one before, but, you know, why not? Some of you are new. Rented horses on Mackinac Island. Mackinac Island. That's the, that's the place to do it, right? Who, who's ever seen a commercial of Mackinac Island and it just screams romance? It just screams like, ah, oh, ah, oh, Christopher Reeve and just, ah. Oh. It just screams, right? And then you always have these things in your head where you're like, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to take my horse down to the beach and just shallow water splashing up. Um, is anybody with me? Like, the, it, it, it'll smell like a Polo Cologne commercial. Well, it, does anybody have these fantasies or? Yeah. Some of you are like, you're wacko. All right. So I buy into the whole thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, you can rent a horse. I'm like, Mackin Island, I'm going to rent a horse. I go up there, I get on this horse, and I'm just, I'm like, I'm going to go tearing through the fields. I mean, it's like John Wayne, you know, uh, crossover with Kevin Costner. And, you know, I mean, I got, uh, I'm just, in, I get out there. And this horse, I go, yeah. And the horse goes, yeah. The horse goes like this. His belly was almost hitting the ground. We started. I mean, that's like seriously, bow like this. He's just scraping across the ground like this. Come to find out, these horses have one track that they go on and only one track. True story. I had, I had the horses... I said, I think you just pulled her head over. The horses said, I don't care about that at all. <laughs> just like, I mean, he, he walked around the island like this. Absolutely apathetic. I'm just going to do this thing. I'm going to go through the motions. I'm going to put in my time. There's no way that was Jesus. And there's no way that's what he taught people. You don't go into a temple, the seat of economic and political power, and start kicking things over. That'd be like if you, crossed, if you crossed the FBI with the Federal Reserve and the White House and just went in and just got invited to a dinner party and just kicked some tables over. You don't do that. That's not this. Uh, one, another horse story. 
I was at a youth camp one time. Again, the whole thing. All right, had a bad experience there. This one's going to be good, right? I get on this horse, and whatever I said, hia or hua or whatever, the guy goes, you can't say that. I'm like, I don't, how do I know what I can say? The horse takes off. They call it barnstorming. Anybody ever heard of that? Sprinting for the, I'm just clutching on it. Say, oh, dear Jesus. Oh, dear. Right? I guess he's going to throw me. And sprints in, I, I, I mean, absolutely terrified, out of control, just holding on, absolutely for dear life. Think of sprinting back to the barn. Completely out of control. What? Completely apathetic. Ready? Meek. I don't really like the word because I think it's, English has lost its for us. So I'll say controlled, patient. You see, the thing is, they all knew Psalm 37. They all knew it. And what was it about? It was about being patient. Delight yourself in God and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust him and he will do this. Right? He will make the, right, the, the, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. They knew these lines. They were, singing, they were singing them in their head when Jesus is saying these words. I know this song. What does it mean? By the way, about five times in Psalm 37, it says, the meek will inherit the land. You will inherit the land. You will dwell in the land. You will get, you will get there. But you've got to be patient. Now let's just be brutally honest. Let's be brutally honest. This is the thing we are the worst at. Patience. I just don't want to wait. And everything that we're taught in American culture goes against this. You don't wait for anything. You take it. You seize it. You grab it. You fight. I'm not, I'm not for working hard. I'm not for going for it. All of those things are good. But what happens could best be said from Proverbs 25, another little nugget that you want to get a hold of. It's this. It says, A person without self-control is like a man or like a city that doesn't have walls. In the Message Bible, here's what it says. Ready? A person without self-control is like a man who doesn't have any doors or windows in his house. Back to the aggressive football player or the aggressive athlete. Oh, I want that guy. Yeah, you do. You want him if he can control it. Because if he loses control, he's like a man without windows. He's like a house without doors. How are you doing without doors and windows? You feel completely what? You're exposed. You're exposed to the elements. You're exposed to the weather. You're exposed to robbers. You're exposed to animals. We had a short stint where these guys came from a kickboxing club to our gym, to our boxing gym. And so we were like, look at these foreign creatures who kick each other, you know, and they came into our gym and they wanted to train their hands. And so they came to our gym to train their hands. And so when we had a, a fight, um, before our fight, the kickboxers went first for an exhibition. So we were sitting there watching these guys kick each other. It was kind of fun, right? And this one guy comes out, and I had never seen anything like it. You know, when you, when you fight, you kind, of get, you kind of measure a guy up. You kind of get a little strategy going, right? This guy comes out. 
kickboxer. And I didn't know anything about this sport, right? He comes out flying. I mean ballistic. And all of us, our eyes were like this. Boom, 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 boom. I mean, just went bananas on this other guy. And we were all sitting there like, what? Almost like the guy had taken a pill right before the match started. I mean, I've seen aggressive, but this was aggressive beyond anything I'd ever seen. Spinning and kicking and wailing and true story. And the other guy was just reeling and backing up and just trying to protect and defend himself. I think it surprised everybody, especially the guy he was fighting. Round two, same thing. Boom, 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 boom. And all of a sudden, the guy on defense catches him exposed. Why? Because when you're that aggressive and out of control, you are also, what? Exposed. Boom! Lands one. Boom! Lands another one. Boom! Boom! I mean, the match went like this to like this. And we all sat there and watched. This guy laid one after another after another. And the guy who was completely dominating round one and round two, true story, ended up not just knocked out, knocked out of the ring onto the scorer's table where the trophies were. Good night. You never would have saw that coming unless you had some wisdom. Proverbs 25, it says, a man who is lacking self-control is like a guy without doors and windows. You're exposed, and someone's going to catch you. Emotionally exposed. You see, what Jesus was trying to teach was unconventional. Because conventional wisdom says you just use power. And Jesus says... Power is gained through patience. It implies waiting. Just wait. Just wait. Do you remember a couple weeks ago, we had Dr. Anderson here who marched with Dr. King in the Civil Rights Movement? And it was supposedly an interview, but really I didn't say anything. You remember if you were here? But... I love, I love Andy because, as you know, he's a storyteller. You could talk. He could have talked for days. And we could have listened to him for days. But here's the thing. I was trying to... There were several things that I took away from that time of hearing it. And I've always taken something away from my times of talking to him. But the thing that I took away, and excuse my ignorance, I, I don't know why I didn't realize this or recognize this, um, but it, it dawned on me or I learned that you had to sign up to protest. I mean, yeah, you could be on your own protesting, but it was what people did was they signed up. You got approved to protest. You went to a class, and you made an agreement to protest. So you, and, and I, I want to I ask him again, like, they actually went to the churches, and they gave classes on nonviolent resistance. Why would you have to go to a class on that? Because it would be really easy to get, what, angry and what, out of control and completely exposed. You can see picture after picture. I think we showed one picture. It showed 
young African-American girl sitting at a counter and a young white friend of hers sitting there. They were staged. They were told to go in there and to sit at that counter. And, the, and they were taught and they were disciplined. Don't respond. Don't react. And they took ketchup and sugar. You can see them. You can find them online. A whole can of sugar just dumping on your head. And you're sitting there and there's just sugar and ketchup just running down your face. I'm not there, friends. I need that class. Are you with me? I got way too much flint in me. Are you with me? I, I do. I'm, I'm my hands up. I, I, I couldn't do that. I, I'm not there. No, we're going to win. Patience, we're going to win. We're going to win. We're going to stay disciplined. We're going to stay self-controlled. We're going to win. They won. They won. He says in Psalm 37, he will make, he will make the, the justice of your cause shine like the sun. In fact, if, can you put that one up there? Look at this. Psalm 37. See, this is what was ringing in their heads. They knew this song. The vindication of your cause is going to shine like the sun. Anybody, have a, anybody get a song that's just in your head? You can't get it out? I don't know the beat. I wish I knew the beat. I wish I knew the beat. The righteousness of your cause is going to shine like the sun. It's going to shine. And they were saying it in their heads. We're going to win. We're going to shine. We're going to shine. They were saying it in Jesus' day when the temptation, there was temptation over here to be apathetic. One temptation is just cozy up with the Romans. You know, just give them what they want. Just go with the flow. Just fit in the system. Just get your, get your palms greased a little bit. There were people that did that. Surely they did that. If you can't beat them, join them. These people made money. They were, they were Jewish leaders. They were the Sadducees. They were the elite. They were the temple people. Um, they were the tax collectors. Just took apathy. Then there were people over here in Jesus' day. And... Uh, these guys were, the, they were basically like terrorists. How are we going to handle the Romans? We're going to fight fire with fire. We're going to dagger for dagger. And Jesus teaches the middle. Everybody look here. Everybody look here. <laughs> I think it's so funny because people always come to me and they write me notes and they, they think they know me and it really makes me laugh. You know why? Because you know who always gets mad at me? Well, all of you. Because I insult both sides. So you don't, hear the, you don't hear me insulting the other side. So what, if I go after your side, I hate it when Chris gets political. Blah, 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 blah. Why? Because you can't hear the other side. You can only hear, uh-uh, uh, don't criticize it. I got to live, live way over here or I have to live, what? Whatever your station is, and I know there's two, and then they got to be way over here, way over here. Look, look, look. If you can't hear any criticism at all of your worldview, you're missing it. I, I hate to be that. It's always in the middle. Oh, this, the sermon was going good, and then it just fell. Like, <laughs> Don't tell me there's anything wrong with my side. It's amazing. You almost want to go, do you hear yourself? And it doesn't matter which end you're following on the station. You almost want to go, do you hear yourself? 
the other person or the other team, they're all complete idiots. They're all absolute morons. Not like, well, yeah, that's 30%. What they said is probably true. You can't concede 20%. That's probably right. And the dialogue's gone. Meek also had something to do with the middle. This was a word, by the way, that was prized by Aristotle. And as he often did, he would prize words as ultimate virtue for not being extreme. Not over here and not over here. The Greek word that was used was the middle word that was the prized word. We can't go to sleep. We can't have apathy. But we can't have uncontrolled anger. We need some disciplined, real strong, tough middle so unpopular. I had everybody going with this sermon until I brought it there. And the people were just like, yeah, but my team's right. I know. We had one little kicker in here. Who were some of the most hated people in Jesus' day? The landowners. It's like, what? Well, are you going to just go buy a piece of land? Uh-uh. It's not how it worked. The people that had the land kept the land. The people that kept the land used the land to oppress people and keep people in a cycle of poverty. So when he says land and earth and inherit, I mean, he has their attention. It's talking about balancing things back out the way they need to be. Every Jew knew Psalm 24. The earth is whose? The Lord's and the fullness thereof. Yeah, but I got a piece of paper that tells me right here, Oakland County, I own it. Good for you. Right? Good. I mean, it's a modern-day invention of something to help us feel more powerful. And Oh, gosh, it's going worse. The sermon's just careening now. It's just like... Isn't it funny how we just, we just completely ignore? We like love to quote Scripture when it, whenever it works for us, don't we? I've never heard anyone quote that Scripture when they were picking up the deed to their house. This belongs to God. I'm squatting. You should put that on there. Squatter, Chris Kramer. Estimated time, you know, 30 years. All right, let's end this. Let's stand up here together. Let's just end it. Just end it. You guys want to go watch a game on TV? Remember the guy that was always taking him to the promised land? His name was Moses. Certainly Jesus is playing with words and he's, when it says he was the most meek man on the earth, right? Numbers 12. Like, it'll get, this will get you there. But it will require patience, self-control. Not that, not apathy, not outrageous anger, but just kind of this just controlled burn.